0: Amen. Okay, so let's just jump into this, all right? I'm, and uh, I've, I've been asked almost every time I've preached on sex, almost every time I've been asked, why do we have to talk about that? I've not been asked that this time. Now, some of you might have thought it, but you didn't ask me. But, you know, uh, but why do we have to talk about that? You know, let me just tell you, you know, when I preach on tithing and giving, people feel the same way. Some people do. You know, like, why do you have to talk about that, you know? Well, here's the thing. We are God's church. We believe we have the truth. If we don't speak, then the truth is not spoken. And everything that is said about this subject and anything else is not truth. So we have to speak. We have to, we have to shout it from the rooftops. We, I, I said, the second service said, you grandmas need to get over that little three-letter word right there. You know your your little little grandkids, and you know, they need to hear you. You need to talk to them about that, because when we shut up, when we don't say, we don't speak truth. The only truth that is out there is is lies, and the next generation under me, and the next generation under that, and the next, they are going to believe something. And when we aren't speaking up and saying the truth, they have no choice but to le- but, but but to believe a lie. Because that's all that's being said. We have to speak the truth. So this morning, and I, and I, started, to bring you, I started to bring you stats and, and lots of stuff. But you know what? I'm not going to get into that. I mean, you know how bad it is. Well, I, I really don't know that you really do know how bad it is out there. I mean, if you don't, I really encourage you. If you didn't read that, that blog post that I, I, I posted a link to yesterday on my Facebook page, you need to go read that. By Ann, Ann Marie Miller. You need to go read that. By a, a, a girl, a Southern Baptist pastor's daughter who's now 30 years old. You need to read that. You parents, if you haven't read it, you need to read that. And you need to wake up. And I've said this, I don't mean this ugly, but if, if you're living in your ivory tower and your family, your life your, has never been touched by sexual sin, you need to be shouting from the root, thank God. Because it's touching more and more and more every day. And people's lives are being destroyed by it. Being destroyed by it. So instead of stats and what they say and trying to debunk that, let's go to the Word of God. Let's go to the Word of God. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, at the very beginning, God is moving on Paul to write a letter to Timothy, and he writes the letter, the fourth verse, you know, right there at the very beginning of this letter. He gives instruction to this young leader, okay? This is a young guy. He's a young pastor. And he says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. You've heard that, right? If you've ever been in in a youth service, you know, too many youth services, you've probably heard a youth pastor. Use this scripture. Don't let anybody despise you because of your youth. Don't let anybody look down on you because you've probably heard that. But did you hear the rest of it? I mean, are we preaching all of it? Or are we just preaching, don't let anybody look down at youth? Because it says, you need to be an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And that there means sexual purity. It doesn't mean purity of others. It means sexual purity. That's what he's talking about. Timothy, don't let anybody despise your youth. Now, when we see teenagers and young adults out, running and doing all the crazy stuff they do, we see sexual immorality, we kind of look down and say, oh, poor, pitiful them. I mean, I, you know, some of the people I see in the celebrities and the stuff they're doing to themselves, we hurt for them. And so we do kind of look down on their youthfulness and how they're living their life. And so Paul is warning him against that. Say, Timothy, don't let anyone despise your youth because of what you're doing, but be an example in your conduct, in your word, in your faith, and in sexual Purity so what does pure mean because we're talking about pure sex, right? So let's talk about what pure means pure is an adjective. It means unmixed with anything else uh, If it's pure, that means nothing else is in it like pure gold. There's no such thing really as pure gold uh, At least on this side of heaven. We hear that, you know, uh, you know that new heaven new earth it's got a pure gold But it's not pure, you know the carrots and all that kind of stuff, you know talk talk about the purity of it You know and so it, 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 it but it means to have none of that in there Okay it means unmixed with anything else it means clean and not harmful in any way. Now, if, if you guys want me to be uh, kind of beat around the bush and you guys add two and two together, you know, then do that and I won't have to be quite as you know, blunt with you, all right? But you need, to be, you need to be blunt with yourself right here. Pure sex, then, is sex that is clean and not harmful in any way. It doesn't break anybody down, it doesn't tear anyone down. You need to be thinking about that, uh, and pure means free from what destroys, weakens, or pollutes. Pure sex then is what is free. It, it, it is sex that is free from anything that will destroy, or weaken another person, or pollute another person, or even yourself. An example is pure water, right? I, did anybody see it? I don't, nobody raised a hand the first two services. Did y'all see the pictures of the water coming out of the tap in the Olympic Village this week? I mean, it looked like they had beer on tap because, I mean, it was, it was that color. I mean, it wasn't just brown. I mean, it was kind of a yellowish brown, the, the pictures I saw. And that's what, you know, nobody's drinking it because when you want water, you want pure water, right? And, and, and so why don't we have, we need to have that same attitude. If we, you know, this is an awesome gift that God has given us, sex, then we should strive for it to be pure. We, we don't want anything except the pure, the awesome, the wonderful. Let me read you one more scripture. It's going to set some things up for the rest of this message. It's 1 Corinthians 6 and 18. Where, where, uh, Paul writes, Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. If, uh, if you steal, you sin against God and the person you stole from. If uh, you, know, if you uh, think bad thoughts about somebody, you're envious or whatever, then you sin against God and the, that person. But when you sin sexually, you sin against yourself. You destroy yourself. You bring yourself down. Now, now, you can also be sinning against somebody else, and you are sinning against God. But you're sinning. When, when in a sexual sin, you are always sinning against yourself. So, what is sexual sin? To understand that, we also got to understand what sin is. Okay, so let's talk about what sin is. The word, uh, the Greek word in that First Corinthians chapter six verse eighteen is harmartia. Okay, and uh, it's um, it's the word that is used mostly in the New Testament for sin. You remember me telling you last week that I was talking about love, that the Greeks had eight or nine words that could be translated love. Same thing here. They've got about seven words that could be translated sin, okay, uh, close to sin. This is the word, though, that means sin, harmatia, okay? It means sin. And and what it specifically means is to forfeit something because you miss the mark. Okay, here, here's the here's the example if you get this in your mind I really like picture things to, to describe is, is you got a, a, an archery contest all the archers step up with their bows and arrows You know and they they line up and they start, you know, just start slinging arrows at what? a target that's got a a bullseye, right? Okay, and so it just goes and goes and, you know, finally people are being eliminated. You come down to the last two guys, right? And the la- or it could be ladies, okay? I don't want to be sexist, right? And, and, and the first one, you know, they, they, hit, they hit the bullseye. So the, the last one steps up and is aiming for the bullseye. And if they miss the bullseye, then they forfeit the win over to the other person. They forfeit all the good that could happen. They forfeit the prize, they forfeit every all the, poss- all the good that could happen, they forfeit that. That's what sin actually means. The word that is used mostly in the New Testament, almost 200 times in the New Testament, that's what sin means. It means to miss the mark and to forfeit all the good that could be. So, see, we look at it backwards, don't we? Don't we look at sin backwards? Because we think God's got a whole long list of all these things we shouldn't do, and those are sins. It's not that at all. It's that God says, this right here, the bullseye, right here. This is the thing that is going to bring awesome to your life. It's going to bring blessing. It's going to bring good. It's going to bring wonderful. It's going to bring amazing to your life. Hit this, and you will have what Jesus was talking about when he said, I'm coming to bring life and life more abundantly. But you don't get it by just slinging things. You've got to hit the target. You've got to hit the bullseye. And if you do, then, then you've got all this beauty and wonder. And we were singing that song just a few moments ago. And you know, I know that there's probably some people that... Even some Christians that, that that third song that we sang, they're probably thinking, No, no, no! I don't want to go out there where trust is without borders, and you know, and and feet may fail, and all that. I don't know, man. Man, I sing that, and it it just encouraged me one more time to dream and believe and ask God, take me somewhere I've not been yet. I want awesome. I'm tired of yesterday. I'm tired of uh, of average. I'm tired. I'm ready for awesome. I'm ready for amazing. And I challenge you, especially those of you. Those of you who are not married yet, because those of us who are married, we're already messed up. We've, you know, we've already, I don't mean that we're messed up when we're married, but we, we may have messed up. Our, those of you who are not married, go for awesome. Go for awesome. In everything you do, dream it, believe it, and, and ask God for awesome. Shoot for the target. Hit the bullseye so that you have every bit of what God wants you to have in your life. You know, and, and listen, if you want that, then don't marry somebody that wants anything less. Go for it all. Go for it all. Because There's a last scripture, a scripture toward the end here I'm going to bring to you. And it says, why we need to go for it all? Man, because we, all of it's right there for us. Life and life more abundantly. Let's hit the target. Okay. So, so how do we miss the target? Well, let's talk about some, about some sexual sins here. Just a few little things here. Uh, and one of them is pornography. The reason I start with that is that this is one of the biggest blights on our culture today. Pornography. You don't have to buy it anymore. You don't have to look for it anymore. It pops up when you are innocently doing something else. If you didn't read, you parents that did not read, you didn't go and read that article, you need to read it this afternoon. Go go to my Facebook page if you need to find the link. I didn't write the article, you need to go read the article that this young lady wrote. One of the things she says, there's three things you need to know about your children and and sex. And one of those three things that she says is that Google is the new sex education. Because what happens to kids is it is embarrassing to not know what something is. And everybody chuckles when you don't know what a word is or something. And so instead of letting everybody know, you go in and you Google it. Boom, there's pornography right in front of you. You don't have to look for it anymore. And you don't have to pay for it. It's right there. I mean, you got a smartphone, you got pornography right there at your fingertips, right now. Sitting here in this church service right now, it's at your fingertips. It's right there it's right there but let me tell you what the danger of it is it sucks you in it sucks you in it's like a black hole it never lets go it pulls you in if, if you don't know somebody or you've never been addicted to pornography let me tell you it's as strong as the addiction to to alcohol or to, to, uh, uh, to drugs it is just as strong it'll get a hold of you and it will not let you go and what it does is it develops in you a desire for the sensation, instead of the relation, and, and and what what happens then is it's a whole lot easier and quicker. It's easy, man. I, it's easy to get the sensation. Now I don't have to have the relation. And then that's that's not going for the awesome though. That's, that's not going for the beauty and the wonder. It's like taking it's taking just a little 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 bit out of it. Okay, for, for example, like this, you know. David yesterday, oh, David's not there anymore, but David was uh, running the sound the first two services. I'm, I'm going to point it out if he's not up there. Uh was running the sound the first two services. David yesterday caught a nine-pound, uh, one-ounce uh, bass. Yeah. yeah, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a big one, bigger than I've ever caught, you know, twice as big as anything I've ever caught, I love pulling in those three or four pounders, you know, and working them and everything. And I can just imagine, I wish we had a video just to see David working that thing. Because when I said, uh, I know I'm, 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 you know, some of you people's not really been bass fishing or anything. You don't really know what I'm talking about here. But I, mean, I could really get it. I could see man getting into that and, 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 you know, the adrenaline pumping. It really would happen with me, okay? If I were watching David land that bass getting into the boat and everything and the adrenaline. And, and imagine that. You do that. You, 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 you watch videos like that. Or you, you watch them all day long on TV. You know, and, and the adrenaline gets pumping. And, and, but you never go buy a rod and reel or bait a hook or anything. You know, all you've done is you've enjoyed the adrenaline. But you've not experienced the awesomeness of what it can really be. And, and David could tell you about that. And he could, until you really experience it. And, and it's like the memory. What's the memory later? Oh, oh I can tell you about a video I watched. But David can tell you. About what he experienced. You see, it's the difference in watching the movie about a fish and being a fisherman. Same with porn. It's the difference in the adrenaline, the sensation of porn, and the awesomeness of being a great lover like God has called you to be. That's the difference. So go for the best, you know. And if it's got, if it's got and, and, and you know, if you're, I should go ahead and tell you this: if you if you, if you're addicted to porn, don't duck your head because more, there are more people in this church than you realize. Don't want to admit it that they've been where you are today. You just need, you need a deliverance. So let me go on to um, premarital sex. Now I'm using some church clinical terms here today, so we're not real crass, all right premarital sex I mean you don't hear that in the world do you, <laughs> you now they call it a lot of other things don't they and we're, we're not going to use those terms premarital sex let me tell you let me tell you, th- th- let me tell you why and, and see here's the thing is God says hit the target because when you miss the target like with pornography it pulls you down it destroys you when you miss the target with premarital sex I heard a man say this many years ago and I don't know how many times I, I, I've repeated what he said It's when when you have multiple sex partners before you get married when you finally get married you walk into that bedroom for the very first time with your with your spouse you take every sex partner you have ever had into that room with you on your honeymoon you know why here's why Is because when 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 we have emotional experiences now scientists don't exactly understand how it happens But they've tested and they know these things happen that when we have emotional Experiences that there is a a hormonal thing that happens in our brain and things are released now They don't know exactly how it makes it happen, but it makes us remember Emotional experiences more than any other experience you know and good, good or bad it makes us remember those and I know you might say, well, I wish God only let us remember the bad ones instead of the good ones. No, we need to remember the bad ones too. Because you've got probably, there are people in this room who have bad sexual experiences that are ingrained there and you can't get over. I need to remember, let me tell you, I've got one. I've got a bad experience, a near death experience, a time that I made a, a, a brief moment's mistake and it almost caught my life. And when I, it cost my life. And when I think about it, it I shudder. I just, I mean, when I think of, I mean, I, I was reading a Reader's Digest story one night about some, a couple of people that went through almost the exact same thing. I had to put the thing down because it just made me shudder about how close I came to giving and how bad that kind of death would have been. Ask me; I'll tell you about it later. But uh, how bad that would have been, and I still remember that today. And it's good that I remember it because it reminds me: don't be stupid. <laughs> you know, I, I I need to remember that I was stupid for. A brief second, and it almost cost me my life. We need to remember those things. And you see, without this, this thing that happens in our brains that makes us remember emotional experiences more than others, we would remember everything the same. Right? You would remember the birth of a baby the same as you remember what you had for lunch six months ago on a certain date. That wouldn't be very fun, would it? But that's, that, that's what would happen. That's why God gave us that. And so then... All of the sexual experiences you have all of your life are with you forever. And so every sexual experience you have, you're going to take that to your marriage. And I'm really laying this down on the guys that aren't married yet. Is it, you need to listen to me here. You're going to take that into your marriage. And you might not be, hopefully you're not going to compare your spouse in bed with all those others. But they're going to be there right here every time. Go for the awesome. Go for the awesome. Keep this thing pure. Let me take you to Scripture right here, Ephesians chapter 5. This is really in just down-to-earth, day-to-day language. It says, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3 through 5. Don't let sexual sin, perversion of any kind, or greed even be mentioned among you. It's not appropriate behavior for God's people. It's not right that dirty stories, foolish talk, or obscene jokes should be mentioned among you either. Instead, give thanks to God. You know very well that no person who is involved in sexual sin, perversion, or greed, which means worshiping wealth, can have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. All of this stuff is missing the mark. Don't let it even be named among you. Flee from it. Run away from it. Keep it pure so that you can hit the mark one day. You can hit the mark and you can have awesome. You can have beautiful. You can have wonderful relationship that sex is a part of instead of just having the sensation. And, and, and you know, we've all kind of got our little hate, most hated sins, you know, Things that we wonder why in a world God, I can't believe God you forgave that person of that. Most of us have. Some, I, I got one of those. Me and God we're still working on it. But sometimes you know I hear something like that. That's one that I you know I just God it's a good thing today I'm not God. So I just zap them right there you know. And I can't tell you what it is because if I do and and, and that's something that you were involved in in your past and you say well I can't never go talk to the pastor because he thinks that's the worst sin ever exactly. This next one I want to talk to you about is homosexuality. And we have messed ourselves up as a church because we've made homosexuality worse than any other sin, sexually. We've made it worse. And so they're not listening to us anymore. They don't listen to us. We have forgotten what it means to really be a Christian. And you know what? When we say homosexuals are worse sinners than any other sexual sin, then yes, we have forgotten what it is to be a Christian. Because all sin misses the mark. You know, homosexuality, homosexuality is over here and all these others are over here, too. And we've blown it, guys, by doing that. So let's get back to the reality. Is reality is any sexual sin that misses the mark is, is bad and destroys the health. Here's an illustration for you. I've got three friends now. Now, when I, before church started today, I only had one friend. But now I've got three friends. Uh, and this friend that I was talking about in the first service, he was stopped back when he was a kid. He was stopped by his mom. She caught him on the roof of the house with a bedsheet. Y'all know what he was about to do? Uh, he was about to parachute off, and the bedsheet was going to be his parachute. Now in the first service somebody raised their hand and said they did it in the second service. So now I've got three friends that have done. Anybody in this? I was just going to say. And it, uh, oh, oh damn, good! I knew it. Had to have one. Awesome. In every service there's always one, right? <laughs> Had to have oh, that. That's just awesome. Well, I don't. I don't. Okay, Kelvin. I got to ask. I asked the other guys. Did she stop you, or did you get, did you get it done before it caught you? <laughs> <laughs> The guy in the first service, he said he got hurt twice. I said, you did it twice? He said, no, I just did it once, but I got hurt twice. I got hurt when I hit the ground and then when Dad got home. <laughs> so, my friend, the one friend I had before, now i got four. <laughs> the one friend I had before services began, his mom stopped him before he jumped off. He was mad. He couldn't understand. Why won't she let me try this? I've seen it on TV. <laughs> it works. I'm not going to get hurt. I know what I'm doing. I've already figured it out. But if you listen to mom, you might live long enough (laughs) to appreciate that she just wants your health. Same thing with homosexuality and all these other things too. We don't like it when God says, don't do that. Come down off that. Quit doing it. You can't do that. We don't like it when God says no. Why are you doing, God, you don't want me to have fun? I want to do this. I've seen it on TV. I've already figured this out, why this is okay, and I won't get hurt. And if you hadn't figured it, let me tell you something, there are plenty of people out there, Google it. Somebody will show you how to legitimize your sin, even using twisting scriptures. And so they say, I already know, God, that this is okay for me. Why do you not want me to do this? But if you'll listen to God, you will live long enough to begin to appreciate that he only wants your health. And not just sexually, but in every area of your life. And just, just to remind and Rick Burgess, uh, last August, I think it was, he, he spoke over at Gardel First Baptist, and they replayed that just a few weeks ago. And David recorded it, and we were listening to it. And he got into some of these issues here, and he, and he was talking about homosexuality. He said, you know, that he was really coming under attack because of speaking so vocally. But, but he, he, said, he said, here's the thing is that we say... You know, is that, is that they want to say, but this is who I am. This is who I am. You know, and I, I act this way because this is who I am. Okay, I get that. This is You know, when Rick Berger said it, I said, yeah, exactly. I get that. But we don't just get to act like who we are. You probably don't want me to act as your pastor, as who I was before Jesus Christ came into my life. Matthew chapter 15, verse 19. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. That's in us when we're born because we're born into sin. But just because it's in us does not mean we act on it. Because when we act on it, we miss the mark. We become unhealthy in every area of our life. And we lose, we forfeit the good that can come into our life because we miss the mark. You see, here's the thing. Sex, let me just go ahead and say it, here's the bullseye. Sex was created by God solely for the context of marriage. And I realize in second service, it doesn't have, I wish there was a period there, so I could say period. But anyway, it's period, okay? Sex was created by God solely for the context of marriage. That's the bullseye. You want awesome? Hit the bullseye. All these other things and many others miss the bullseye. And thereby you forfeit The good, the awesome, the wonder, the amazing, the thing that'll make other young people want a marriage like yours. Hit the bullseye. Go for it. Let me tell you just a couple of things here, and we'll close. Sex is not a commodity. It's not something you barter, trade, give away. Hand here and hand here. Sex is not a commodity. It is a gift of God that he gives to you for you to give to the one. Okay, i got an illustration for you. I didn't get an amen, so let me give you this illustration. I want you to get this. And I'm going to paraphrase Forrest Gump for the title of this illustration. Sex is like a box of chocolates. Okay. When I was a, when I was a kid... I was Twitter-pated by a little girl with green eyes. Okay, if y'all don't know what Twitter-pated is, go home, rent Bambi, and you'll find out. Okay, I was Twitter-pated by her green eyes, and uh, and if y'all don't know who that is, you can see her right after service. Think she's working at kids' church today. I was a kid. My dad came home one one uh, year, uh, one day from uh, this. I don't remember. Eight years old, something like that. I was, and he came home from work, and he had a box of chocolates for all of us. Four boxes of chocolates. I'm pretty sure he got mom one too. I don't really remember hers. I remember mine more than hers. Um, but he gave, and some of you, some months ago, I shared this story, but in a different context. I got something else. I just want you to see here. Is that uh, is that you know I had that piece of, or that box of candy in my hand, and you know it was a heart shaped thing, and I was like, oh wow. And but I remember that little girl with green eyes that I was Twitter pated about. And so I asked my dad. Actually, I probably asked my mom first if she might would help me ask my dad. I don't know if that's normally how we did things at my house. I don't know anybody else besides me. But I I remember asking my dad. And he allowed me the privilege of taking that box that he had given to me and take to my V1. I could have taken that box, opened it up, gone down the street to all my friends and given each one of them a piece. But... When I received that, that gift, the only thing I could think about was the one. And she is still the one today. And just like, just like sex, this box of chocolates, you can go up and down the street, giving away pieces of yourself until your box is empty and there's nothing left. Or you can treasure it and hold on to it. Until one day you meet the one. And then you've got something awesome to give away. You need to remember, you were created in the image of God. In the book of Genesis, he created the heavens and the earth, he created all the animals, and he said, let's make man in our own image. He created the animals, and he said, let's make man in our image. He created the animals, then he said, let's make man. We are not like animals. You get that? Now, if you want me to, I can get real crass here and I can talk about how animals engage in sex. I can talk about urges and impulses that have nothing to do with commitment, relationships, anything like that. But we're not created as animals, we're created higher than animals. We're created in the very image of God. Sex outside of commitment, outside of marriage, is nothing more than animalistic. Impulse and urges. But sex inside the commitment of marriage is the beauty that God intended it to be all along. You want to know why people are messed up? I mean, you look around you and say, oh, "You know, man, they have a horrible marriage. or they have. You want to know? Just look. Somewhere along the lines, they trashed some part of themselves, and they've never been healed from it. And for a lot of them, it's sex. For others, it's something else. But they've trashed a part of themselves, and they've never been healed of it. You were created in his image. And and you are now the temple of the Spirit of God. All through the Old Testament, all those thousands of years. And God was moving, but nobody ever had that said about him. But Jesus said, Jesus was saying now and leading now, this, this is where you are now, and this is actually the writings of Paul saying that you are the temple of the Spirit of God because of Jesus' sacrifice. You were bought with a price. You know what that price was? The blood of Jesus on the cross of Calvary therefore it closes by saying therefore honor god in this temple here's what i get of this is we were bought with an amazing price we should then aspire to be worthy of that price i'll never be worthy of the blood of jesus but i should aspire to be worthy to do everything i can to be worthy of that to the best of my ability. Go for the awesome. Go for the awesome. we like to close around front with a final prayer and a final song. And today I think it's really important. So i really like to ask everyone, if you will, if you're a first time attender, if you feel comfortable, please come with us. We won't do anything except pray and sing. And we'd love to have you join us. One last little thing I need to throw at you just before we close. What do I do? What do I do? Pastor, I've already messed up. Yeah, there's... There are people here that you've messed up some of you are married now but you messed up before you got married I meant you didn't hit the target there's nobody standing here in front of me there's nobody standing on this stage that has not missed the target word of God says that there's none that is righteous no not one for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God that all our righteousness is as filthy rags nobody here has not missed the target somewhere some way then what do I do about it? That's the good news. 2 Corinthians 12, 21. Paul said, when I come to Corinth to see you guys again, I just know God is going to really, I'm just going to be really humbled. You could say depressed. I'm going to be grieved about the fact that some of you have sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual sin, and debauchery in which you've indulged. And it's going to grieve me. You see, if, if, and take, for example, having an affair, being married and having an affair. I've counseled with people who are going through something like trying to pull it back together. And I, this is one of those times that you want to shake somebody, you know, because the one who has had the affair will say, but I told him I was sorry, or I told her I was sorry. And they don't understand. That's not enough. You can say, well, yeah, I've been addicted to pornography or I've engaged in pornography and I've just decided I'm not ever going to do that again. That's not enough. This is not just a fleshly battle. It's not enough. Paul said you need to repent. You've got to have God's help. You want to pull this thing back together? You are not strong enough to do it. You need the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and the power of healing through the Holy Spirit to bring it all back together. If you do that, you know what you get? You put yourself back in line for the inheritance of the kingdom of Christ and the kingdom of God. And that kingdom is not one that's coming. No, Jesus said the kingdom's already here. I'm here. Here's the kingdom. You're part of the kingdom. We're already... It's in us. It's right here. That ain't out there, but it's here, okay? It's here. And And so all the awesomeness and the beauty and the wonder and the great and the magnificent things that God can do. Through. You can get yourself back in line for that. Just repent. If you've got sin in your life, repent. If you've been wronged, if you've been hurt, if you've been sexually abused, if you've been, you've been injured or hurt because of someone, repent for all those feelings. Because I mean, I, you got feelings against whoever did that. Repent for those feelings. And then ask God to heal you. And even if it's not sexual, but it's some other place that you've missed the mark in your life. Whatever it is, ask him to forgive you and start fixing this. Put yourself in line for the inheritance of the kingdom of Jesus Christ right now. An awesome life. An awesome marriage coming. Awesome relationships. Awesome jobs. An awesome school. An awesome family. An awesome home. Awesome everything because... That's what he's pictured for you. Bow with me if you will. They're gonna lead us in a final song. Don't 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 start singing.